Hi, welcome to Bold Identity, Bold Belief, where we equip saints for the work of the ministry by killing sacred cows and leaving the traditions of man behind. Isn't that exciting? So, as you may already know, this podcast has four sections, and the first one is teaching and preaching. The second one is about reviews of faith-based books. The third one, and that's the one we're on today, is what you won't hear in church. And the fourth one is through the eyes of a pastor. Be sure to check out our blogs on FromTheirStandpoint.com, that's from T-H-E-I-R Standpoint.com, for all pertinent information regarding this podcast, some great treasures that you're not necessarily going to hear in the podcasts. Okay, let's get started. So, what you won't hear in church is a pretty controversial subject, and because I'm a pastor, I guess it makes it even more controversial. I have to admit, though, you will hear this in my church. I've said it before. And I will say it again, because the Word of God is my final authority. So, what is the topic on today, what you won't hear in church? I'm going to tell you, something that you won't hear in church is that God loves you even if you sin. Yep, God loves you even if you commit habitual sin. That is probably sending some good Pentecostals hair on the back of their neck to stand straight up. Insert great sound effect from my brother Josh right here. Ah, I know, he's not doing the podcast. I am, so you're stuck without the sound effect. But if if you've listened to his podcast, you can imagine he's really a master at it. Okay, so God loves you even if you're a sinner, even if you sin. Let me just put it like that. Okay, obviously God loves the sinner too, right? Because it says in John 3.16 that God sent Jesus, his son, into the world... For God so loved the world, right, that he gave his only begotten son, that he gave Jesus Christ, that whosoever should believe on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In fact, John three seventeen says, for God didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might actually be saved through Jesus Christ. I'm paraphrasing here, but you get the point. God loves the world, okay? God loves each and every person that he has ever created. And there's this thing that goes on in churches, and it was very prevalent when I was a youngster. I'm not sure if I just maybe didn't understand what the people were trying to say, or if this is like really true. And as I got to grow up and and be a pastor and have friends and all that kind of thing, I found more people than not have the same experience. And that is, you know, you can be a junkie or a drug addict or somebody who is very promiscuous and has adulterous affairs and sex with all kinds of people, all of that before you come to Christ. But in the church world, it's like the moment you come to Christ, you know, hey, God forgives you of all that stuff, but now you better be dang near perfect, right? Well, I mean, I understand walking the Christian walk, and I understand the radical change that takes place at salvation, but there's still a renewing of the mind that has to go on. I mean, there's, if you look at it, the Bible says to renew our mind, right? Well, let's not even go there yet. Let's just start with this. God loves you even if you sin. You know, if you weren't saved, if you were still sinning, the best thing that we could do for somebody is at salvation, kill them. 
right? Because then they would go to heaven right away. But we don't want to do that, right? Because that's not practical. And not very many people would want to get saved. Anyway, the truth is that at salvation in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says, God made Jesus, Jesus who knew no sin, to become sin for you, that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ. So let me ask you a question. At what point in time is the righteousness of God ever contaminated? It's not. It's never contaminated. And in Romans chapter 5, it says, If Christ died for the ungodly, how much more now that we're reconciled to God through his blood, are we going to be saved from wrath through Christ? How much more now are we beloved of God now that we are sons and daughters of him? It just, it absolutely doesn't make sense to say that you can be a druggie, a jacked up junkie, a promiscuous person, have sex with all kinds of people, live like hell, but as soon as you get saved, boom, now you got to be perfect, you got to be a saint, you got to be boring, right? Because that's what people tell us we have to be, is boring. That's actually not true though. Honestly, I've had more fun knowing the Holy Spirit. It has been amazing and it's far better than anything that the sinful world could ever offer me. And you'll get to know that the more you get to know God. It's actually an exciting and wild ride. In fact, if your Christianity is boring, you're probably doing it wrong. There's a whole lot of fun on this side of things. But anyways, God loves you even if you sin. So what about habitual sin? And this is the one that's probably making hair on the back of some very religious people, their, their hair on the back of their neck stand up straight. You know, um... The truth is that sin hardens your heart, okay? The wages of sin is death, right? So if you sin, the payday for that sin is actually death. It may not be literal death, but it's death in some form, like sickness or disease or loss of trust, loss of a relationship, loss of a job, that kind of thing, loss of your freedom if you get incarcerated. Like there is a penalty for sin and that penalty is death, but... God still loves you. And if you are born again, as long as you don't reject Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're saved. You are. It's not a once saved, always saved thing. The Bible does say you can lose your salvation. I don't really want to get into that here, but I think it's a whole lot harder to lose your salvation than we think. And the scary part is for ministers, pastors, people who are supposed to be the overseer of your soul, right? These, um, the scary thing is that we know if you start sinning, it's a, you know, you're going to just keep on sinning because when somebody sins, they feel condemned. And when they feel condemned, unfortunately, people don't run to God, but they actually run away from him. And the further and further you run away from him, the harder and harder your heart gets and the duller and more dull, I guess it's more dull, the more dull and more dull your ears get and the more blind and dim your vision gets and pretty soon you find yourself in a situation where you're questioning if God even exists and you never ever want to be in that situation and that that's the problem with sin okay but we know from the scriptures just reading the scriptures that there's nobody in in hell for committing a sin 
or multiple sins. It's just the sin of not believing in the Lord Jesus Christ because Christ died for the sins of the whole world. That means his blood was absolutely enough and the payment that he paid was enough for every single human that ever walked the earth to be reconciled to God and then some, right? I mean, we're talking about the blood of a deity here. This is the most valuable thing ever. And he paid that price for all humankind. And the sad thing is, is people who are not accepting Christ are because Christians are mean. I mean, I get it. I know I've been treated very badly by some Christians, but thank God that I knew him before I knew the Christians because that really helped me to understand, you know, and I've been mean before too. What? No. Yeah, actually I have been. And so there's people out there that are probably thinking, well, you know, if she's a Christian, I don't want to be a Christian. Um, But thank God he's changed me. Anyways, I digress. Where were we? Going back to, um, I don't have any notes this time. I just have this on my heart and I want to share it with you. And that's why it's a little bit harder. Um, But I really want to share this with you. When we go back to looking at habitual sin, you know, like I told you already, the problem with it is the walking away from God and the hardness of heart and the dulling of your ears and the dimming of your eyes to where you could possibly get to a point where you would renounce the Christ and you never, ever want to get to that point. And like I said before, the problem with sin is that once you sin and you know you've sinned, your heart starts condemning you. And when your heart is condemning you, like the last thing you want to do is come into the light, right? It's like hoarders. Have you ever seen that show Hoarders? It's like hoarders where they have all of that garbage and stuff in their house. And if you can imagine a person who's been living in sin has all that garbage in their life and coming to the Lord is like shining a bright light on it. And it forces you to make a decision. You either have to clean it up because now you can see the garbage or you need to turn the light off so that you can continue to live in the garbage without cleaning it up. But um, I recommend turning the light on. In fact, because of the blood of Jesus and because of the scripture that says that we can come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and help in our time of need, I recommend running towards God and not away from God if you are falling down, if you're sinning, if you're stuck in a habitual sin or something like that. You know, it's really sad that you won't necessarily hear this in church. When I grew up, I heard pastors and preachers and like they were just so judgmental, right? Like if you were doing anything wrong, you were pretty much like ostracized, you know, like you were labeled and you were... Um, Some churches even excommunicate people uh, from the church for things. Now, I mean, I understand protecting the flock and, you know, I understand that if somebody's preying on you, you definitely don't want to be around them. But but I want to tell you, you know, if you are falling down a lot and you're stuck in habitual sin, it's time to come to Christ and flip the light on because if you've been born again, God loves you. Well, he loves you even if you haven't been born again, right? Because Christ died for the sins of the whole world. And it just doesn't reconcile with scriptures to say that 
if you're saved and you mess up, that boom, if you don't do X, Y, and Z and jump through all these hoops, and if you're not made perfect by the flesh, all of a sudden you're going to hell. You know, in Galatians chapter 3, it says, did you receive Christ by the works of the flesh or by the works of faith, by believing? You receive Christ by believing because the word of God says that you couldn't receive him by the works of the law. If you could have, they God would have done it that way, but there was none righteous, not one, and all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and all are freely justified by the Christ if they call on the name of the Lord Jesus. And if you're like me and you've experienced that in church where people are just putting you in such fear of that maybe you're not saved or maybe you're going to lose your salvation or if they're just being mean and judgmental to you because you are in sin, I want to encourage you to run to God and not away from him and open the Bible and read the scriptures. Take, take the book of Galatians, for instance. Um, you know, it's just six chapters. Just read it until it gets in you, like let it become a part of you. And earlier in the podcast, I was saying something about the renewing of your mind and, you know, because we don't want to stay in sin if we've been redeemed from it right like when that light shines and we see all the garbage around us like for hoarders and stuff we want to clean it up and we want to live in a clean house amen we want to live in a clean house so keep the light on so you can see the things that need to be cleaned up and do the work of cleaning it up the bible says to set your affections on things above and not on things of this earth right the bible says put away all lying and malice and if you've stolen, steal no longer. You know, the Bible gives us all kinds of ways to, you know, it says be angry and sin not. Don't don't let the sun go down on your anger. Flee fornication. Don't commit adultery. Like, I mean, there's these great and wonderful principles and guidelines for us to live by because, you know, darkness cannot rule and govern a child of the light. And... We don't have to be so concerned like, oh my gosh, I wore polyester and cotton mixed clothing, right? Because if you didn't know that, that's against the law in the Old Testament mixed fabric. But we, I mean, like the blood of Jesus covered that, right? So we don't have to worry about that. We can stand before God and God uses, uses us in spite of ourselves. And in Romans, it says that if you're guilty of breaking one part of the law, you're guilty of breaking the whole thing. And that means if you're guilty of wearing mixed fabric, you're also guilty of adultery and murder and having idols before God. And that's really humbling, you know, like when I look at my closet and I look at all my clothing, I would guess that there might be a couple of pieces of clothing that aren't mixed fabric, but I really don't know. And I can't say as if I ever tried to figure it out, but I know the Lord works powerfully through me and I know he, he takes care of me and he loves me and I read his word and I get to know him better. And, you know, so I, I think it's more about relationship with God than it is about your behavior. In fact, the word of God actually says it is. It's about, is Jesus Christ your Lord? And not about, oh, did you fall down today? I know that pastors don't always say those things in church because, quite frankly, we're, 
some of them are we're like we're afraid for you we're afraid that you're going to go the wrong way and stay going the wrong way and the wages of sin is death and there's no way around that except if you come to the throne of grace and receive and obtain mercy and help in your time of need that's the only way around that and um but most people don't do that when they sin they just keep on walking the other way so i can see why <clears throat> why it's hit really hard in the churches don't sin don't sin plus you know what sin just is really bad it sucks somebody's going to get hurt like if you lie you can't be a liar and have a good horizontal relationship right but you can be a liar and have a good vertical relationship with god because god's going to love you but you won't have as good of a relationship if you are not trustworthy you know that as well as i do so what about homosexuals what about transgenders what about all of these people that fit into this fornication category or even you could put divorcees in there and people who have had sex before marriage or people who have had multiple partners you could put all those people in that category. So what about them? And, you know, this could be actually two episodes, but I'm just going to talk about it in this one. Because we're talking about sin anyway. You know, it is sin. It is. Just, it's as much of a sin as a lie is. We can't deny that. We can't say, oh, this isn't a sin. You know, it is a sin. But your sin isn't going to stop God from loving you and... Your sin isn't going to stop God from trying to help you. And your sin should not stop you from running to God. Because the Bible says, again, it says, you need to come boldly before the throne of grace to receive mercy and help in your time of need. I don't know how anybody can come out of a lifestyle of sin without the help of the Holy Spirit, without the cleansing power of the Christ because without Jesus, you're literally a slave to sin. You're a slave to it. Jesus Christ and his blood is the only thing that has set you free. That's it. It's just Jesus. He's the only way out. He bought you with his own blood and he paid for you. But if, if you don't accept it, you're not free. You know, you have to say, okay, the Lord Jesus bought me and paid for me. And I believe he's the Christ, the son of God. And God raised him from the dead. And I believe that Jesus is now my Lord and Savior. And you know, he'll set you free instantly. You will instantly be translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. And once you're in the kingdom of light, you don't, you don't have to be perfect. Like... I don't think I can stress that enough. You just don't have to be perfect. I would say, like the Bible says, set your affections on things above. And if you know something is a sin, try not to do it. And try not to put yourself in the situation where you could sin. Um, but let the Lord help you work that out. And don't let people judge you. And read your Bible Okay, on the renewing of the mind thing, the scriptures say to renew your mind with the word of God because we have a natural carnal mind that has lived a natural carnal life 
for however long you are old, okay? We, have, we live in a natural world. We have a carnal mind, and it thinks carnal thoughts, and that's just how it is. But there's a higher mind, and that is the mind of Christ, which is in every born-again believer. And we have that, and that is always in line with the Word of God. It, it always, it's, it's never against the Word of God. In fact, the scriptures say that He and His Word are one. So if you have the mind of Christ, then you know the scriptures, you believe the scriptures, you live the scriptures. And if you don't, if you're not operating in the mind of Christ, then you're going to operate in the carnal mind, which is idolatry and lying and fornication and everything in those categories and more much much more but um so you will come to Christ and then he will break off of those chains those chains off of you you will be a hundred percent free and then that's that salvation and you're made into the righteousness of God in Christ so where do you go from there begin renewing your mind read the New Testament especially read Galatians and then Ephesians, Colossians, or um, go to the book of John, even the book of John, regular John, and then first, second, and third John. If you want to know how to walk the Christian walk, you can get there, um, you know, just by, by reading through Ephesians or reading through Colossians or reading through uh, first and second Timothy. I mean, these are some great ways that you can learn to walk the Christian walk, but um, you know, Watchman Nee has a book called Sit, Walk, Stand, and that is the order of things in the book of Ephesians. First, you have to learn to sit, right, which is your position in Christ. You're seated at the right hand of God. You are in a position of rest because God has put forth his energy to change you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, to transform you into the likeness and image of his son, to transform you into the righteousness of God, and to get all the sin out of you. Okay, God has done that. He has absolutely done that. And then he has seated you at his own right hand, far above all principality and all power and every might and every dominion and every name that can be named not only in this world, but also in the world which is to come. Like, you have to learn to sit first. You have to learn to rest in the finished work of Christ, that you are saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, that you are free from sin and death and hell and the grave, that you are free from sickness and disease, that Christ has set you free from all that stuff, and then you can walk. And in Ephesians, um, I think, I think it's chapter 2 verses 5 and 6 it says to walk worthy of your calling and that is putting away all lying and all malice and all fornication and things like that and those things come after understanding who you are in Christ and how saved you are and how loved you are and I, and you know you just don't hear that a lot in church and that's really unfortunate um you probably don't hear it a lot in church because usually churches end up being a place where Christians go, right? And Christians who are already saved should already know their position in Christ. Although I found many, many Christians do not know their position in Christ. They don't even know that they're the righteousness of God. And they don't understand that Jesus has washed away all their sin. And you really need to understand those things first. And that's first things first, right? And then comes the Christian walk. So 
One other thing about renewing your mind, we have lived in this natural world, in this carnal world, and we have a carnal mind that knows carnal things. And we have to renew it into the mind of Christ by reading the scriptures and finding out what Christ has done for us and really believing the scriptures over believing the natural world, right? Because sometimes what's in the scriptures doesn't seem, it seems contrary to what we see in the world, but the scriptures are more true than what we see in the world, okay? So we have to renew our mind to that. On the other side of that, though, like when we look at creation, for example, we go all the way back to the beginning when God formed Adam out of the clay of the ground and Adam was clay and then God breathed into his nostrils the breath of God face to face, like mouth to mouth resuscitation here, okay? God breathed his breath into Adam and Adam's eyes opened. And the very first thing that Adam saw was the face of God. It was the face of God. And we are created so that we become what we behold. Or whatever image that we're looking at is the image that we change into, right? That's one of the reasons why when you have a person that says, oh, I'm never going to grow up to be like my mother, and they're so angry at their mother all the time, and they're constantly thinking of their mother and thinking of their mother, they literally grow up to be their mother, right, or their father. They literally grow up into that person because they're constantly thinking about that person, constantly looking at that person. But here, Adam, when he first opened his eyes, he saw the face of God, boom, he was transformed into the likeness of God right there. He saw the face of God. That he, the knowledge that Adam had was the knowledge of God. That's, he knew. He knew God. He didn't know anything else. And then after the fall, sin entered the world and death through sin. And then Adam still lived for hundreds of years after the fall. Because his mind was fully renewed and it had to be like unrenewed, right? Had to be unrenewed from the image of God. And Adam had to look at sin and look at death and look at carnal things in carnal ways over and over again. And it literally took hundreds of years to kill him. And on the flip side here, we have Christians that have lived a carnal life and like that's all we know and that's all we think about, right? is the sin and this, the hold on us that the enemy has had and, and the worldly, worldly way of doing things. And, and then we're like trying to renew our mind to the Word of God, but humans are dying out like 70, 80 years old, right? And sometimes 40, 50, because they're looking at sin and they're looking at death and they're experiencing that in their physical body. And, you know, but if we would actually renew our mind with the word of God and see God for who he is and, and really, like the scriptures say, set our affections on things above and not on things of this earth, then we would experience far more health and life and freedom and goodness and miracles and signs and wonders than we ever would if we just keep our head down and looking in the carnal world. 
So, I mean, I guess this could have been a whole lot of episodes wrapped into one. And I'm not sure what I'll talk about the next time we do a What You Won't Hear in Church. But I know there's plenty more topics to talk on. Maybe we'll expand on some of the ones that I talked on today. But today, in short, I want you to know that if you're a Christian, if you are saved and, well, first of all, if you're not saved, get saved, right? But if you are saved and you are held back by sin in any way, shape, or form, I want you to know that God still loves you. In fact, the scriptures actually say that nothing can separate you from the love of God. And I want you to run to him and not away from him. It's time to stop running. It's time to start running to God. It's time to start saying, even in the middle of sin, I don't want to sin. I want to see the face of God. I don't want to sin. I want to see the face of God. So if you're struggling with pornography and you're sitting at your computer and you feel like you need to click on something that's bad for you, I want you to say, I don't want to see this. I want to see the face of God. And just keep saying that over and over while you're in that situation. If you are uh, promiscuous and if you like, like if you're a man slut or a woman slut and you just want to go have sex with a whole bunch of people, um, next time you're on your way to your next hookup, I want you to say this. I don't want to do this. I want to give myself over to the Lord. I want to give myself over to the Lord, not this person. Um, and if you're in, if you're a junkie and you're getting ready to shoot up, um, I want you to say this. I want you to think about this. I don't want to shoot up. I don't want to take this drug. I want to take a shot of the Holy Ghost. I want to see the face of God. I want to experience more of the Christ. I want to renew my mind. I don't want this sin anymore. And just, you know, choose God over these sinful things. If you're, if you're a Satanist and you're hearing this podcast and you're like, you know, I don't, I don't think God can forgive me because I've, I've done so many horrible things as a Satanist. I want to tell you, Christ died for you and his blood is enough to pay that debt. And all you have to do is accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I mean, the devils believe that Christ rose from the dead. They know it. Satan knows it. Um, He's just hoping you don't find out or that maybe you already know that. And maybe you just feel like you've done too much and your heart is condemning you. But I want to encourage you to run to God and just say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. And I believe that Christ, I believe that you rose from the dead. And that you are the Son of God. And I want to make you my Lord and Savior tonight. That's what I want to do. And I trust that this podcast has helped you. Um, As a pastor, I want to tell you, I'm sorry if you have not heard about the love of God in church. If you have not heard about the mercy of God in church. But religion has crept into the churches. And we got to be careful of that because... It's not religion, it's relationship, right? I know that's so like cliche now, but it's still so true. And just because they've made it into a cliche doesn't make it any less true. It really is about relationship and it's really not about religion. God loves you. He doesn't expect you to be perfect, right? And your pastor shouldn't expect you to be perfect either, but be humble about it. I mean, admit when you're wrong, repent when you make mistakes it's okay. And run to God and not away from him. 
and see how that see how that changes your life see what happens so until next time of uh the i guess in two weeks i'll be having a podcast through the pastor's eyes i'd love to have you here for that and i will do some more of these what you won't hear in church coming up so stay tuned subscribe like it if you can like it share it if you can share it you may not be one of the people i was talking about in this podcast but somebody that you share this with might so let's make this thing go viral get it out there on facebook on instagram on twitter on mewe send it out an email to everyone you know it's important that people understand because we're in a world where people are hurting and people are making really bad choices and they're falling down all over the place and they're trying to escape from that guilt and that condemnation and that shame and that fear and they don't know how to do that and the truth is the only way they can do that is if they run to God instead of away from him and Jesus Christ is right there and he's going to help you with everything so I will see you next time please like comment and share and um, share this on any platform that you're on This has been Bold Identity, Bold Belief, where we equip the saints for the work of the ministry with killing the sacred cows and leaving the traditions of man behind. I think that uh, I'm going to pray for you, actually, before I go. And um, Father, in the name of Jesus, you have enabled me to do this podcast. And it is no mistake that the person listening right now is the right person to hear this message right now at the right time. I trust you, God, that you're doing that. And I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to this person, that you would get this message to them so that they could be free from the enemy, free, free in body, free in soul, free in spirit, free in mind, free in their emotions, Lord, so that they can experience the true freedom that comes only through Jesus Christ. And Father, if they're not Christians yet, I pray for them, and maybe they can pray with me that that I say, Lord Jesus, we accept you. We believe that you are the Son of God and that God has raised you from the dead. And I accept you as Lord and Savior. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And Father, I ask that you protect them. Protect them from the evil one. Heal their bodies if they're sick, Lord. If If they've been in sin and they've had physical effects of sin, we know that the that the wages of sin is death, but Jesus paid the price for our redemption. And we speak healing and life right now to that situation, to those physical bodies, to those souls, to those minds in Jesus's name. We speak healing and restoration to those relationships in Jesus's name. And God, we thank you for your mercies. We come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain your mercy and receive help in our time of need. And Holy Spirit, I commit them to you that you would teach them and train them and instruct them in righteousness as they open up your word and read your word. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.